0: What happens when two people, one we hold in high regard, a mensch if you will, and another who we look down on and don't respect, or like, gives us the same message? Ideas can be floated by anyone, but if we really like that person, or at least we don't think that they're some clown, we'll entertain it, hear them out. The same idea told to us by someone we think is an ass-clown, and who doesn't have a scruple amongst themselves is garbage, and should be thrown away, well we naturally jump to conclusions. We have a natural instinct. Some won't like this, but we profile, believe those in our tribe, mistrust those who seem alien to us. Moreover, we all know aliens are right around the corner. The example I cannot help but think about happened this week. Jon Stewart, whose daily show on Comedy Central I used to drink up like so many double scoop protein shakes, was the first guest on Stephen Colbert's return to the Ed Sullivan Theatre. I'll take a moment here for everyone to pause this intro and go google the appearance before we go forward. Mm, 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 mm. okay so john eloquently discusses the possibility that the covid virus originated from a lab in wuhan china and frankly could be right could be wrong i don't think it was too far-fetched that this virus could be man-made i'm a big stephen king fan and a man-made invention or virus wiping out all society has happened a few times in his books nevertheless truth be told i don't know i can think but i really don't know but I can tell you who wasn't convincing me. Number 45, Donald Trump. After all, in a best-case scenario, I think he's a bloated, lying politician who hasn't cared about another human being ever in his whole life, and would say anything to convince someone to vote for him. For the record, I think the same of all other politicians. But let's face it, there's a giant chunk of the population that would rather get the message from their guy, as opposed to the other. So how, do we, how much do we... How our own biases stop us from considering all possibilities, and is there an attitude we should have first? Firstly, though, Brad,
1: how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. So you sent me this video the other day. I was sitting around wondering, what is Jeff emailing me? He generally doesn't email me uh, links to certain topics. Uh, Usually we're running off of what we see on social media, but it's Jon Stewart talks about the coronavirus. So, uh... Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to talk about this and many other topics on Those Canadian Lads podcast. What episode are we on today, Jeff? There's the quiz of the day. I <laughs> I don't legitimately know. Is it 30? I think we're on number 30, if I'm not mistaken.
0: We're 30? And actually, I just realized, I, I said that Trump was number 45, and I'm not quite certain he is now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Dirty 30. Those yeah, Canadian so 30. lads.
0: So that means that... Um, uh, did we skip over an episode with uh, Bo? Then we did. Yeah, he'll oh, be pissed. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to bring him on next time. So, so yeah, I um I stumbled upon this. Uh, truth be told, as much as I enjoy Stephen Colbert and I really do, and as much as I loved John Stewart and the Daily Show when I was in, a younger man in college and onwards, uh, staying up late and watching those shows is not really in my repertoire anymore. And truth be told, I think I was pretty much asleep by nine thirty yesterday, but. I did get this clip obviously like anything with John Stewart I'm going to pay attention to. I hold him in high regard. I think he's hilarious, so it always works for me. But um what did you think of the appearance, Brad? What uh what were some of the points that John made on the Colbert Report about how what do you what was interesting to
1: you? First of all, my my first assumption is that he was very high. <laughs> <laughs> Very possible. Very possible. You know, obviously he's probably semi-retired. He's hanging out, uh, you know, thinking about all things, you know, politics, COVID. He was, you know, when we were growing up in our early 20s, late teens, the uh, the political pundit, you know, really coming out, talking about politics. And that's how I got, it, I guess, um, engrossed in, you know, the political theater of some sort and, in the news is watching John Stewart because it was hilarious. He had Steve Carell and Stephen Colbert, um, you know, his correspondents on his show, Rob Corddry as well. You know, fantastic comedians, um, artists uh, in their own right. But uh, you know, first of all, you know he was he, he was higher than a kite. Uh, second of all, um, I watched the video and I laughed at a few points, but then I actually took a step back and. If you haven't watched the video, like Jeff said, go back, w- pause this podcast, go watch it. We'll post it on social media um to see uh if you uh you can catch it or not, but um the the basis is maybe Jeff break down the basis of what the video is.
0: Uh well yeah, sure. It's um Uh, John's the first guest back on Colbert's show. Um, He comes out. uh, Obviously, you know, they talk about how much they haven't seen each other over the last 15 months, and they're close friends from what uh, everyone can ascertain from their relationship and how much they talk about it during the episode. But he effectively says that, you know, he's showing a lot of appreciation for science, uh, saying that science is going to draw us out of this, but science also probably pulled us into it at the same time. And then he kind of pokes fun at the fact that, of course, that the laboratory in Wuhan, China, you know, shares the same name as the virus that has infected the planet and spread like wildfire. Um, And John just seems to kind of hammer hold ha- hammer down the point. And I would say that I don't know if it was a little bit of an act. And truth be told, there's a chance this is a little tongue in cheek as well. But you can definitely tell that Stephen Colbert doesn't seem totally comfortable with the idea that John is floating, the idea that. Uh, This is definitely man-made, and this has definitely been orchestrated in a science laboratory environment. And obviously, if it's in Wuhan, it's by the Chinese government. Now, that's kind of the quick and dirty breakdown of it, as I said, to get the comedic value of it and him kind of running into the camera at one point. You know, you got to go watch it yourself. But I do... I do think and I I do think John Stewart, I think highly of Jon Stewart. And, you know, like I said in my intro here, because it's somebody that I appreciate from a comedic standpoint, and I believe John to be, you know, similar to myself, a little bit of a centralist, maybe a little bit more liberal leaning in a social standard. But I do think that he's definitely on the right track, that this is something that is probably is science made or man made. And. He's drawing attention to it, whereas if you rewind the clock six months ago, nobody uh-huh. could draw attention to. nobody uh-huh. could draw attention to it without being called a racist or yes. anything like that.
1: That's where this conversation is going to go. So anybody who came out and criticized um the CCP uh, in regards to how it was handled or that it potentially came out of a lab, And that lab was in Wuhan, China, which had the initial outbreak uh, in a wet market. What they say of uh, 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 animal to human, uh, you know, jump um, transmission transmission from a bat. Um, All those conspiracy theories and theorists, you know, all those people out there that were called racists and, you know, just troublemakers and just like a lot of people were put down. I'm not putting saying Donald Trump because Donald Trump, it's all about how you relay the message, right? It's all about how you credible you are in the public eye. And he came out and he called it the China flu, which obviously is very, you know, it's racist. It's, you know, focusing on a a people, not a government where, you know, it should be focused on the government of China because, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of smoke around this topic of where the coronavirus came from. And the media didn't want to jump on it, but it is now in the forefront where Fauci, uh Mike Pompeo came out on the weekend and pretty much said that yeah, he believes this thing came from a lab, the former head of the CDC before he retired. Um Uh, came out on CNN in a uh, special about the coronavirus and he believes it came from a a lab in China Um, there's just a lot of smoke around the story and it's only going to get bigger and bigger uh, as they dive deeper and deeper and Jon Stewart no we go we go back to the daily show or not the daily show it's uh yeah
0: it was the daily show
1: no, Stephen Colbert, he's, it's late night with Stephen Colbert now.
0: Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah sorry, I thought you meant his yeah. old show. He well, took for Letterman. Yeah, he did, Ed Sullivan Theatre, it is freezing cold in there, you, phenomenal place. You today. saw Obama there, that's right. I did see Obama there, yep. yeah, yeah. Sorry, keep going.
1: So, so Jon Stewart comes on there and he starts spilling, spilling his guts out of what he thinks and happened with the coronavirus and that science is helping us get through it obviously with the vaccine and uh, that science created it now it's a bit hypocritical because like you said Jeff only a few months ago if somebody with kind of a right-wing leaning uh, viewpoint uh, they would have been crucified in the media for saying that
0: so yeah and I I, I agree I think that as a generality if um. It was a It's a good way to shout people down in regards to a thought that may be controversial. Um, and I, I, I on, on the record, I'll say that, was this made in a lab? Was it uh, from an animal? I don't think any opinion is too controversial. You just kind of have to look at what's going on. Now, um, if there was a lab in a place, let's say there was a lab here in lovely Edmonton, Alberta, and then that lab specialized in, I don't know, AIDS. And then there was a giant AIDS outbreak in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Well, we would kind of say like, well, does it have anything to do with the lab? And they're like, Whoa, well, well, it was the beavers in the North Saskatchewan River. Well, it could be the lab. could be both. Who knows? There's a lot of sickos out there. But I think... <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, my God.
0: I think one of the things I found most interesting when I was thinking about this and... Uh, Obviously, it's earned one thought in regards to how do we accept messages from people that we like or dislike. But one of the things that I was also thinking about was that in reference to media journalism, and this is across the board, that obviously, like another example of how the narrative that any one of these organizations wants to put forward, how it kind of swallows up their investigative journalism. Because now I'm not saying that at the beginning of this, of the pandemic, Anyone could have came forward and said, this is definitely from that lab, or this is definitely from blah, 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 because we didn't have the information. But I think it was one of those situations where I think everything should have been put on the table and said that, hey, look, listen, there is going to be an investigation by you know multiple countries, multiple he- uh, health entities, most specifically the WHO. And As that information comes out, we're going to have to kind of accept where this came from or where it didn't come from and just accept the facts as opposed to putting a spin on it. And I think as a result of them doing that, I think a lot of people just batten down the hatches and stayed with their camp to a certain extent where it could have just been like, oh, well, I'm just going to wait and see where it came from. Wait for the the facts to come out to a certain extent. So I I think the media failed uh, as a generality. I think the media failed us to a certain extent on that.
1: The media has been failing me literally every other day. You know, they they have the opportunity here, and I'm not segueing away from the Jon Stewart thing, but I do want to touch on one thing because you kind of brought up something that really piqued my interest is, so we're in phase two of the reopening in Alberta currently. And a lot of cool things are happening. You know, I know you were able to go. We got together on the weekend. We went golfing. Hell yeah. Shot terribly. Terribly.
0: I, I'm, pretty, I'm You're pretty happy with my. With it. I'm happy with my opening yeah. round. I'll, t- yeah. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was not but happy. Yeah, we, I didn't warm well, we up. Got to, we, we got, yeah, you know, you didn't. We got rushed out. But no, we got to get together though. And that was, quite frankly, it was probably the first time in a long time where I did a normal activity with somebody outside my household. Legally. Legally. <laughs> Legally. <laughs> Fair enough
1: legally yeah so we get together legally i know you went out for supper i went out for supper as well um enjoyed it lots of like to be honest it was kind of cool uh, to feel that hope and excitement um in regards to what's coming down the pike in regards to phase three and the reopening lots of like this is good news like if you don't think this is good news you're you're a hermit. You d- deserve to live by yourself and hang out inside your house for the rest of your life. If you don't think this last year has been difficult from a mental health standpoint uh, for children, for adults, for anyone who's had to live through these restrictions, businesses, um, the whole gamut. Um, so back to the topic where you said, you know, the media's let me, let us down or failed us in some ways. Um, they failed us in the, in regards to trying to keep the narrative negative. And it's one thing to report on a factual event, like, you know, somebody getting hit by a car or the poor bastard who got hit by a mattress on the, uh, I think it was the white motor of the hand day. It flew off. Some guy didn't tie down his mattress, tie down your mattresses, man. If you're going to the dump, tie it down. You're going to kill someone. <laughs>
0: I did not hear that story, but yes, that is sage advice. Tie down your shit before you're taking it down the white mud.
1: <laughs> yeah, so tie down your fucking shit. Um, but I was watching CTV news uh, last night. Very excited, talking about the lottery, um, the house explosion, which is like over 10 years uh, old. I was watching that that news story because it affected me. Yeah. Um, um, from a local standpoint, nobody, I don't know anybody died, whatever, but that was over a decade ago where the, the guy uh, blew up his house with his wife inside or common law wife. But anyways, <laughs> as I keep going with this, as I as I string this along, Jeff, the, the news story of the day yesterday, I don't know if you were paying attention to Canadian media, but um, it, the story of the day was a Delta variant. And the first question to the premiers, to the health experts was, what are we going to do about the Delta variant? And CTV News ran a story um, with a expert biologist who's recommending that we shut down everything, return back to phase zero of the reopening and uh, do another circuit breaker shutdown um, to uh, save everyone from the Delta variant. Well, you know what I say to that? I'm, I'm going to be very, I'm going to use very clear English here. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not even joking, Jeff. Go fuck yourself. And this, this, this is pointing directly at CTV Edmonton as well. And the CBC and global who everybody ran this story. This is starting to smell like propaganda. And obviously they're not it's not propaganda in the sense that they're trying to push the the narrative of keeping everybody in the home. They can't help themselves on a slow news day to push out some rando biologist who we've never seen before push the the narrative of the Delta variant that we need to shut things down right before we start to open things up again. Is that not, Personally, that is the most annoying, ignorant thing you could do to people as they've suffered through this last year. Ignorant and it's bullshit. And that is CTV Edmonton, CBC News across Canada, and other news outlets. And I'm I'm mad about it. Actually, I'm I'm pissed. I am pissed off. It's it's disgusting. And pe- the the reporters and all that. I'm they're all good people, but they're obviously there's an agenda there, and it's bullshit fuck off
0: i uh i, I like the thing that all, all the reporters are good people it's kind of like when somebody passes away and everyone's response was he was a saint of a man <laughs> he very well could not have been a saint of he a was man. a good guy <laughs> he was a good guy he could have been a total derbag but he's a good guy today because he's dead <laughs> but, um no i admittedly and I, I think i texted you about this a, c- a certain extent i'm it's not not by act not by um plan almost by accident but i'm certain i'm gonna say i'm gonna follow through on this uh outside of the morning news and catching the road report and um and uh the weather and in a few local stories uh, obviously some uh there's some always important stuff locally i'm kind of shutting down from everything i haven't really been on social media in the last probably seven ten seven or ten days i haven't really been I've been, I do my regular news cycle, but a lot of it's pretty soft stuff in regards to sport. So I didn't catch this at all, to be honest. But I do, it is interesting because it is the purpose of doing this fear. Is there an insidious idea that they're trying to, that for some reason, some entity is trying
1: to instill fear in the general public? And is that, I don't think it's that. I honestly think it's a slow news day. You know what gets people going? And that you know what's been in the news cycle every day for the last 16, 17 months? COVID. The novel coronavirus. It'll yeah. kill your 90-year-old grandfather.
0: But I, I guess the one thing I would say, too, and like I said, you saw the news report, so I, I, I can't comment on it. I have to ask you, but is the is the person that was brought on the biologist uh, per se is that person coming with a message worth listening to is there a legitimate warning to that and is it possible that in the in the you know going back to the intro do you just don't like the message is
1: is that a possibility or what do you think I'm tired of the message but here's the thing if it's not coming from the expert health officials from the government of Alberta Dr. Hinshaw I'm not listening to it because there's so many voices in that field that you don't know what their, their objective is. There's, there's, sure. this is about money as well, right? So the longer this drags out, there's certain businesses and certain industries that are going to make a killing on this. So there's influences in everything. It's like oil and gas. You know what I mean? Like everything's influenced. So look, look at, uh, look at, uh, Elon Musk. He talks a little bit about Bitcoin. It'll go up or down. You know, right. people talk about coronavirus. Vaccinations, maybe maybe they're pushing people to get vaccinated. Well, guess what? Jason Kenney's doing a better job. I'm, I'm going to say it right here on the podcast. He's giving us our own money. He's giving us a million-dollar prize to <laughs> <them> and trips <laughs> on, yeah. on WestJet. So if you don't like that and you don't think it's a good idea, you're wrong. It's a great idea because the cost of health care – Uh, and impact of having people in ICU beds is a lot more than giving out a couple million dollars so you know what the problem is this isn't going to affect people the the Delta variant in the fall it's not going to affect us good people who've gotten vaccinated it's going to affect the people who have not got vaccinated so enjoy the coronavirus Delta from wherever country it is (laughs)
0: Yeah, I'm um, I'll admit I'm not really big on the vaccine lottery thing. Uh, I understand the prospect of that pretty much every human being is a what's in it for me now uh, attitude. And it's like, well, if I don't benefit from it, I'm not going to do it Um, as somebody who, you know, I'll fully admit it. Like I, I would have preferred not to get the vaccine. Uh, ultimately I chose to, you know, get my first shot cause I thought it was what was right. And I figured that I'll never travel or see anything if I don't do it. But you know, truth be told, I would have rather not have gotten it, but I don't
1: think I, any of us would have, none of us really wanted to get it.
0: Well, I think I think there's a segment of the population that they, they like their flu shots. They like their uh, hand sanitizer anyways. And I'm not going to fault anybody for, you know, erring on the side of caution. It's whatever you choose to do in life. But I'm particularly not one of those people. But it does annoy me to a certain extent that it's just like, it seems like the rewards outside of people's effort and, you know, the effort you put in life doesn't always reap rewards, but it's typically the people who are well-prepared, you know exert effort prepare themselves for the future that those are the ones who succeed but then we always have these examples of people who
1: well i just stumbled onto the bus because i was drunk
0: and i won money this <laughs> <laughs> is like are you fucking kidding me like
1: well those bastards going to need to figure out how to how to get onto a an alberta government website and find the link so that's the first thing they need to do that being said you know what if if the, if that's what you need to do to to get those vaccination numbers. All I want is that 70% reached for first case uh, or for first dose vaccinations. Let's get to phase three of this reopening and let's get back to real life. The money aside, whatever, like it's, it, I think it was a good motivator for people because there is that segment of the population that needs that little extra kick in the ass. And you know what? Good for them. But I'm just, you know what? I'll, I'll admit on this podcast, I'm now double vaxed, and uh, that's it for me. I'm done. I've done my civic duty. Um, I'm protected. Now it's time to, uh, to move forward with, uh, with what's going on. And we've talked with Bo on this podcast about if we drag this into the fall and we're back to square one and we we're looking down a restricted lockdown after everybody's put in the time and put in their bodies, essentially their lives in regards to getting vaccines that were rushed in out. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll be one of those people with a sign um, demanding, you know, change or being very upset at the government um, in the fall because there won't be any kids hockey or sporting events to go to or movies or social gatherings, you know, like or family dinners or Christmas again. Um, those of us played by the rules, um, you know, missing out on on some of the key things throughout the last year. Um, we deserve better and now it's time to to reap the rewards because we've sacrificed so so uh, i'm gonna go on a little bit of a
0: tangent because what you're just talking about popped it's popped something into my head um obviously if we go down another fall path where they say oh you must lock down again uh, that's a, that's a great disappointment for all of us who you know we we participated in the system we did what was right um that's kind of a kick in the stomach to a certain extent so it's very disappointing um and this is on the basis of a lot of people shouting out towards the government and shouting down people who aren't interested in getting the vaccine themselves. but I think one of the th- one of the two the two biggest indicators of mortality rate with the virus itself and maybe my information's old so somebody can correct me reach out. but I believe it's having a BMI of 25 or less, you know, a little bit of a variant there and, uh, and and then your age. and let's face it, you can't fix your age. Uh, you're old you're as old as you can be. Um, As I said, I'm going to say this, I'm not trying to be hypocritical here, because my BMI is not 25. Actually, it's a obese level two, if you actually go by BMI metrics. Would it be over the top if we said to the general population, listen, we clearly can't beat this type of stuff. We're already telling you guys what to do. It's like everyone else is lecturing everyone else on what they need to be doing, including getting vaccines. It's like, you got to get your BMI to 25. Can't do it. And then what... I agree you can't do it, but for maybe not a government standpoint, but I... I, What I have seen is people lecturing other people on what they should be doing, especially when it comes to the vaccine. But this is also an opportunity to take care of yourself and nobody does that.
1: That's a very thought-provoking thought, Jeffrey.
0: Well... I think one of the things, and I'm I'm not going to go into too much of a story because it's not really a story, but I do find it interesting how often people have an opinion on how much what other people should be doing in this regard. Now, let's face it. We're all opinionated assholes. You know, everyone's got an opinion, like a butthole. And we go around telling everyone what they should do or shouldn't do. And well, I'm, I'm guilty of that, too. I'm not going to sit here and pontificate as if I'm holier than thou, but... If you're going to sit there and tell people what they should do, and this is true of a government standpoint, is this like, shouldn't you go take care of yourself? Shouldn't you be at the level of health where we have already proven to a certain extent that, like, if you're in this range for BMI as an example, or because you can't affect your age, shouldn't you get your house in order before you start like just blasting away at people or locking people down to a certain extent? Now, I know that's not that's not realistic. I know that's not gonna happen, but for those who want an argument against it, oh, there you can, I've provided you with one, I suppose to a certain extent.
1: You know, it's, it's interesting, right? Like we, we've, we've experienced a lot in this last year, right? And, or more than a year. And it's really interesting. And that's kind of a thought provoking thought, right? Of, you know, I, I think it's a slippery slope, right? You know, of of, we talk about rights and freedoms and we've talked a lot about that on this podcast. And, you know at the end of the day, I just want to live my life without with limited government interference and move away from this. because I really do think like everybody talks about the long-term effects of what's what's happening here. and I think there's we're still gonna you know see the effects, the economy uh, impact, um, the social impact. Uh, I think there's still people that are suffering from a work point of view from the economy side. I think there's people really suffering from uh, mental health, mental illness, Um, especially those people that kind of live in fear, right? There's people that live in fear and it kind of goes back to my, my topic of the media, you know, feeding the general public. You have a, you have a duty. um, Yeah, not to, you're, you're, you're not supposed to influence, but you are influencing. And when you punch out, just generalized fear topics. Like that's opinion. Like I know there's science behind it, uh, uh, the Delta variant, but you can't say for a fact that we're going to be going into a fourth wave. You're assuming there will be a, a, a fourth wave and that's opinion. It's not a fact. So that's not news.
0: Yeah, no, uh, you're right. It's the same thing as uh, suggesting who's going to win in the Montreal and Vegas series as that plays out. Um, we turn to certain entities for uh, a prediction and we find that entertainment. But you're right. Anything I say in regards to I believe this team will win the Stanley Cup is just my conjecture. I really don't know anything. It's not a fact-based conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so they're, is a- they're using the fact that there is a Delta variant. But they're assuming and they're taking modeling from, are you taking multiple points on the modeling? Are you using multiple methods to model this out? Are you assuming that the biologist who's modeling the the outbreak of the Delta variant is correct and they're taking to account the vaccination rates, um, how it's going to impact people who are vaccinated, et cetera? Or are you, are you taking the worst case scenario because um, it's a slow news day and you're going to release it to the general public and piss people like myself off. I'm I don't see myself as someone who gets triggered very often, but I was triggered like this has triggered me. It was it was downright just awful.
0: Well, it's um. once again, you've got my brain moving a little bit, which I appreciate um, in regards to people being triggered and you brought up mental health issues that are taking place and um, we can definitely continue on the path of is it in everyone's best interest plus their responsibility to protect people's mental well-being? I don't personally agree with that, but other people could, but there is something slipping in society. Um, there's been some unfortunate racist, potentially racist attacks in Edmonton. I don't uh, that I think people are acting out in weird ways, but in a more funny matter, attacks on by passengers on planes is up like 6,000%. Because people are triggered. Because people are losing their minds. And I, before I continue on, I need these people to get the grip because I need an IPA when I'm on the plane. And if you take that from me, I won't be very happy. But there is something going on. Why are, why are we all acting out so much? And is it just because we keep just ladling on the pain to a certain extent of this information, whether it be Political, uh, COVID related anything, it seems
1: weird to me. You're 100% right, right? Like, there was that video on that, I think, Delta flight in the States where they're trying to subdue a guy who's flipping out, freaking out, like, and it's happening all the time. But you're right, it's because people are triggered and people are just honestly like the give the gives a fuck are gone with p- some people. And oh, yeah, that's dangerous because some people. When there gives a fuck go. You look out.
0: Well, it it was funny because in the same route in that same incident, because I think it was a, a male flight attendant who was off duty, who caused the ruckus on this plane. Uh, I love the announcement of the pilot going, we need all strong men to report to the front. Like as, as I was telling my wife, I was like, I would have bounced out of my chair. Like, yes, my chance, finally.
1: I'm <laughs> right here.
0: I, I'm running to the front. <laughs> my name also, is Jeff and I'm here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it also might be one of those things where I'm like, Maybe that's an uh, an example of me losing my mind. It's like I'm so willing to like run up and attack a guy who's losing his shit on an airplane, <laughs> but, and but truth society me, falls. <laughs> well, it is it is weird. And I said, like, and I I always look th- look at things through the lens of myself, um, and I think everyone should do that. But it's as like I see things as how I kind of approach things, and I'm not the most sane person. I'm a little bombastic. I'm I'm a little bit extreme in some regards, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, generally I accept people as selfish douches who are out for themselves, who really don't want to hurt anyone. They just kind of want to get through their day. Uh, We're a lazy society for the most part, but it's just like, whenever we see this information coming from individuals that we like or don't like, it's like, I just look at it and go, I'm like, are these facts or is somebody trying to sell me on something? And I think a lot of people have been sold a lot of shit over the last little bit And they're putting their trust in maybe people that they like, where maybe they shouldn't like that individual. I don't know.
1: And that kind of goes circles back to the start of this conversation, Jon Stewart. Right. You know, if you, if you like Jon Stewart, you're probably going to accept the message softer of, Oh, maybe uh, the coronavirus did come from the current coronavirus uh, Wuhan flu clinic and, uh, Uh, respiratory clinic in Wuhan, China, where the coronavirus uh, COVID-19 was uh, created.
0: Yeah. But I will say once again, as as somebody who likes Jon Stewart as an entertainer, as a comedian, you just shouldn't be getting your news from Jon Stewart. Jon Stewart is a comedian by trade. He is here to entertain And like you said, you're not going to listen to somebody getting trouted out on the news who, you know, quote unquote, may or may not be an expert, but you're putting your trust in the experts in our elected elected officials and plus their representatives. And that is one of the things that also caught my attention about this is that you're right. There was an elected official in the United States that most of the country didn't like. Like you know, whenever a president gets elected, their approval rating always drops immediately because they didn't deliver ninety nine percent of their promises right out of the gate. But let's face it, Trump wasn't a very popular president, and I think everyone just was like, "I'm not listening to a damn thing this guy is saying," regardless of the source of the where the information behind his message is coming from. And it's probably not something that we should be generally doing. Now, you should look at everything somebody says in the eye of I'm questioning that. I'm going to go do some research. But let's face it, whether it be Donald Trump and his supporters or John Stewart, John Stewart uh, supporters who like his message, people are just going to immediately buy in and they go, no, nope, he said it. I'm in. I don't have to do anything fucking else. And that's not the right attitude to have.
1: You know who I'm listening to? Bill Burr, William Burr. Yeah, that's who I'm listening yeah. to.
0: But even Billy Burr, like I'm a I'm a huge Bill Burr fan, but there's things that he discusses on the podcast where I'm just like, I don't agree with that the least bit,
1: man. Like that's off base. That's the beauty of a podcast. You could be listening to this today from Virginia or Australia. I know there's some Australia listeners uh, popping in. They reached out over the uh, weekend uh, on our great uh, Edmonton Elks uh, episode that we just did. But um, yeah, no. Yeah. It's a podcast. It's uh, (laughs) we have an opinion. Our opinions might change. We're allowed to change our opinions after we get uh, reeducated of some sort. But uh, no, I I think this was a a good conversation, Jeff. I was a great topic because um, when you sent me that link, kind of circle back to the start of this conversation, when you sent me that link, um, I laughed and then I'm like, this is the most hypocritical bullshit I've ever heard in my life. You know, months ago. People who have more right-wing leaning um, political views were saying this, and they were deemed uh, racists. And the, you know, the, the there's Canadian politicians that came out and started questioning Justin Trudeau. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned this on the podcast, but um, they were questioning Justin Trudeau uh, around uh, two uh, uh, fired um, uh, uh, biology um, scientists who were working in Winnipeg, and they happened to be from China. And the the conservative government were questioning this, and Justin Trudeau initially just came right out right on attack mode, you know, calling these people a racist. And it's like, no, it's not racist to question um, a a government um, issued, well, you know, thing. Like they're not nobody's questioning the Chinese people, the the fantastic people of China. Uh, they're questioning their suppressive government. And their're underhanded government who are doing things in the world view uh uh to their own you know they're beating to their own drum and um they're not uh they're not the most popular kids in the western world let's just say that
0: yeah fair enough no i I do equate that like don't get me wrong i the the fear I have is in any instance that we call racism on something that's not racist or Hey, across anything, sexism, uh, transphobia, homophobia, whenever you just declare that because that person happens to be somebody of a different, you know, sex, race, religious beliefs, whatever, it's like all of a sudden, if you just do that for everything, then those words lose their meaning. And when I was coming up, I was taught the word racist or racism or sexist, that these were extreme things. It's like, this was, it's like, if you're one of these people, you're one of the worst people on the planet. Now we're just shouting it from the rooftops whenever somebody disagrees with us as a generality. Um, whenever we diminish the meaningful, the how serious those words are, it takes away the, if, if everyone's racist, then nobody's racist. It just, it does not work out that well. And it's a, it's a it's definitely dangerous territory in my opinion. The other thing I'll also say is that Whenever you're having a disagreement with somebody, and let's face it, that's what all of the theater of parliament is—is is just pretend disagreements and yelling at each other while protecting their own pocketbooks. Um, this is this is the equivalent of when when Justin Trudeau says, "Oh, that's racist." It's a kid putting his fingers in his ears and going, bah, 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 "I'm not listening." It's because you don't have an intelligent thought to back up whatever you just said.
1: Oh yeah, that and, was the him saying, "You're a dummy, you dummy." Yeah dumb
0: yeah
1: <laughs> no got no got no time for that well he did a fantastic uh job on the world stage this week uh, embarrassing our country once again on the g7 summit uh thank you justin cannot wait for the next election and hopefully people open their eyes and remove you unfortunately they do not have a uh a good candidate to pull from. There is nobody from the NDP conservative or green party that I would put my vote towards because the leadership is lacking in this country.
0: Yeah. It's maybe I'm getting more cynical with age. I don't know how that's more, how that's possible, but uh, yeah, uh, choices are few and far between right now. Unfortunately,
1: though, that being said, if Pierre Polier ever gets the conservative party uh, a seat, I'm just voting for him. Cause he's a maniac. that guy, <laughs> Yeah. That guy's a bulldog. He has he just nonstop attack mode. He's on attack mode, and it's just if if he if anybody has mastered political theater, it's Pierre Polier.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't want more people who have mastered political theater, though. I don't want a showman because
1: that's what Trudeau is to a certain extent too. So no, Trudeau is a puppet, and yeah, there's somebody doing- controlling his strings. There's some and, yeah. and there's something going on there.
0: Well, then, even more so that is—he's an actor reading a script. It's he is. like, uh, yeah, he's drama teacher. Like an attra- an attractive young man leads a country to general—I don't know—general well-being bullshit like that.
1: Yeah, he's not leading us to well-being. That's for sure. As our yeah. uh, inflation rate uh, and, and cost of goods goes through the roof.
0: Yeah, I, I've been ranting about the inflation rate and just how much. Um, You know what? I'm not going to sit here. I'm not an economist. I'm not smart enough to definitely say that, hey, there was a right amount of dollars to flood into the market via the federal government or provincial government. And that would have protected things. Maybe uh, made sure inflation didn't go flying through the roof, but I will say though, and for those of us who are concerned about the price of uh, bread, concerned about the price of fuel, concerned about our day-to-day consumption of the things that sustain us uh, roofing, housing, all that type of jazz it's like you think you are protected a little bit you're this might not end well uh the the general the general small things in life that that you know keep you running uh it may be unaffordable you might be picking and choosing and i think a lot of people forget about that when they're just de- when they're deciding what is best for their government to do
1: so. I, I don't have a take on that. I agree with you hundred percent. Have you seen the friggin lumber prices? I was going to build a a deck? another I was going to build an addition to my deck this year. oh I get
0: a test to the price of price of plywood and lumber is definitely high right now. So, um, before we sign off, and I'm gonna digress a little bit off of what we're going on about, but I had a thought about once again, how we pick and choose where the message comes from. and I, I wonder if this is a human nature thing, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. So, And feel free to say that this is a movie trope that I misidentify in society, okay? So I'm, I'm going to let you call your shot on this. So I was thinking about instances, and I'm going to say that when we're all melodramatic and all, we've all done this as a teenager or whatever, but as a generality, you're doing something that people generally disagree with. Let's say on an extreme example, you're getting drunk and beating up your family. What like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that. Okay, let's let's tone it down a little bit. You um amongst your circle of friends, you're constantly berating everybody and being a total jackass. Let's say you do that. And one of your friends comes up to you and says, "Hey, listen, man. We we don't appreciate this crap. You're going above and beyond and it's not just it's not fun for the rest of us." And then that person's response, and the, here's where the movie trope thing may come in. It's like Yeah, don't you think I hate when I do that too? I see the worst part of myself. Why? Why are you bringing this on me? It's like you're defending yourself by saying that you agree that your actions are horrible. And as a general, the universal opinion is that you need to change who the fuck you are. I don't know. I just I had that thought when I was thinking about why we pick and choose what we listen to. I was going to say, it's like, have I said that to you? Oh, <laughs> no. no. I, I do have specific examples, but I'm not going to open that door because, you know, it's friends and family that I'm, I don't want to rat out, of course. But I find that interesting whenever we're confronted with our bad behavior that our immediate response is to declare that. How dare you tell me what I already know? And it's like, you already know it. You better clean up your fucking act. then.
1: <laughs> Fix your shit, man. Fix your shit.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I wanted to bring that up. It was something that popped in my head when I was considering what our topic for tonight.
1: Well, you know, before we close up tonight, I want to apologize to the fine men and women of the, uh, the media industry. Uh, I'm sure you're not being, uh, controlled by George Soros or a a global (laughs) power out there. But, uh, all I'm going to say is your narrative stinks right now. Um, go find a, uh, go find a cat that got rescued out of a tree. I need more of those stories. Those feel good stories instead of uh, finding some rando biologist saying the Delta variant is going to kill us all. Cause guess what? Didn't kill us all. And we can't afford to shut down again in the fall uh, of this economy. So uh, screw you.
0: There you go. All right. With that being said, Brad, any final words for our fine listeners?
1: Nope. That's all I got tonight.
0: Alright, I will leave it with uh, lift with your knees, brace your core, and make sure you hold your breath. Alright. Oh, I do that.
1: have one thing to say. Lift oh. with your back. Lift all with your back. I think it's lift with your
0: groin in a jerking motion. That's the safest yes. way to do this. So, yes. all right. Make sure you all do right. that. Alright, I'm Jeff with Those Canadian Lads. That's Brad. Thank you very much for tuning in. Peace.
1: Thanks again for listening to Those Canadian Lads podcast. Give us a follow on social media. We're on the Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you like what you heard, give us a follow and share it with your friends. Thanks again, and have a great night.